Hey friends, guess what? I've got a new book coming out from Llewellyn Worldwide on March 8th called Heal Your Ancestors to Heal Your Life. This book is based on something I call genealogical regressions because sometimes when I'm working with clients, I go into their past lives and I realize this is not the source event of the challenge. We need to send light and love to ancestors in order to make our lives the wonderful places that we want to be. So I hope you'll check out my new book and stay tuned for class announcements, book signings, and more as March gets closer. Heal Your Ancestors to Heal Your Life coming March 8th from Llewellyn Worldwide. The Healing Arts Program is not intended as a substitute for consultation with a licensed medical or mental health professional. The listener should regularly consult a physician or mental health professional in matters relating to his or her health, and particularly with respect to any symptoms that may require diagnosis or medical attention. This program provides content related to educational, medical, and psychological topics. As such, listening to the program implies your acceptance of this disclaimer. Welcome to Healing Arts. I'm your host, Dr. Shelley Kerr. Hey, my dear. I hope you're having a wonderful week so far. So I told you we were going to surprise you with a bonus episode. And I think you're going to love my talk today with my dear friend, Kat Neff. She is my wonderful publicist from Llewellyn. And it was really cool because I've really known Kat for a while, but really just over the phone. And like a lot of the other people I'm going to be talking to on this show, you know, we had plans to go to a big... um, event last summer that obviously didn't happen. And so it was just really cool to have a chance to talk to her. And I really learned a lot of new things about her. And I think you're going to find it very interesting. That's one thing I do like about life is just getting to meet new people. And also the fact that you can know people for a while, but you're always finding out new things about them. And that's what makes life to me interesting and really worth living. And one of the amazing things we're going to talk about is that Kat is a pandemic newlywed. Yes, she was married last year and it's so wonderful. So we talk about that and more and I hope you'll enjoy it. So let's settle in and check out my interview with the lovely Kat Neff. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of Healing Arts. So we're on a journey to interview and talk to amazing people and new friends. And today I'm so thrilled. I finally get to meet my friend Kat Neff, my incredible Llewellyn publicist. We didn't get together last year, so now we're getting together on Zoom. So let me read you Kat's bio because I'm learning new things about her every single day. Kat Neff began her career as a professional makeup artist. She is actually among the first US artists trained by Makeup Forever's founder and creative director, Danny Sands, and the first artists to launch Trish McAvoy into retail stores. She established and managed the Cryolin Professional Makeup Showroom in San Francisco before she moved into the book publishing world. She's an avid reader of Eastern and Western philosophy. She has a lifelong interest in alternative therapies and has spent many fruitful years in the mind, body, spirit publishing industry. And she has now awakened through that to the desire to bring healing service to humanity. And so she sought some opportunities to learn several modalities and has recently become certified as a medical Reiki master through Raven Keys. Kat, you're here. This is amazing. Welcome to Healing Arts. Thank you. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Yes, I've got to start off. Um, 
I just thought it would be funny. I would like to complain because it's 30 degrees in Dallas, Texas, and that's ah. really bad. And so go ahead and tell us, don't you live in Minneapolis area? Yes, and, and we ha we're having um, all day snow today. So ah. it's, it's really gonna snow all day long. And that's why I have a, a big light here because it's very gray. And um, it is probably um, right around 30 also. So you oh, guys are 30. getting, okay. new, yeah, yeah. I thought you would say, well, it's 10 below zero and there's a blizzard <laughs> and I'd be like, no, that's know. later in January. It's oh, okay. January is the Everything's coldest month, but it's, it's, yeah, it's been pretty, it's been pretty mild thus far. So we've been, we've been pretty excited about that, but uh, yeah, we're going to have snowfall for a while. And after I talk to you, I'm going to go to the office and mail out packages. The office is about 10 minutes from me. Yes, I know. So I'll be going to the mothership today and <laughs> doing some stuff and um, in mailing you a package possibly too. So that's a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, so I'll wait till about 11 o'clock when they plow. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Plow the snow out of our driveway so I can go. <laughs> Amazing. I just thought yes. it's always funny when I talk to my friends who live up north and I'm like, you know what? I need to get an attitude adjustment. This is not that cold down here. It's not that cold. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it's like, but you can buy better cold weather clothes here than you can in other areas. So oh, there you God. have it. Yeah. Yeah. So I have so many things I want to talk to you about, but first okay. I just wanted to say an official congratulations because you got married last year during the pandemic. Congratulations. <laughs> I'm so happy yes. for you. Thank you. So so you much. and Charlie postponed, and then how did you put it all together? I wanted to hear about it. I actually um, lay it at the feet of my friend um, Adrian January, who um, I was uh, a little bummed out. We were having a socially distanced lunch, and, uh, and uh, we were talking about it. And we were originally going to do it in the summer and go out and you know get a block of hotel rooms and you know meet with family. And so we had to kind of rejigger that whole thing. And so. I started to have ideas, but I got a little bummed out. And I said, well, you know, we're going to have to wait. And she says, why wait? You know, you could just do it on Zoom and here's one way and here's another way. And I started to see my way through to maybe doing this. So, so she, yeah, she helped me and she and her husband stood in our living room with us distanced <laughs> as our witnesses and um, the wonderful and talented um, Victor Foreman of the Destination Unlimited show. And he actually has a new show called Nox, um, Vox Novus, you know, the new voice. So um, yes, and uh, he did it on Zoom with us and uh, our families were able to be there virtually and watch. We couldn't see them, but they could see us. So that's, I guess that's all that matters. And um, yeah, so we had everybody there and we heard cheering, virtual cheering afterwards. And so it was good, it was a, it was a good day. It was a good day, but we're looking forward to being with family and friends, you know, a little bit later on, possibly in 2022, who knows, you know, but uh, yeah, we got her done. We got her done. <laughs> I was so happy for you. I saw your beautiful Thank pictures you. on Facebook. I think everybody, I mean, for me, it was just so sweet and so romantic and it really lifted my spirits to see. Yeah. You yeah. Thanks. It's, I, I did it in a moo moo. You know, I'm Hawaiian, so I wanted to, you know, if I couldn't go to the islands, I would bring the islands here. So we ordered flowers and so I had a big, you know, nobody can see the arch that I worked on for about a month, but <laughs> but I had vines and flowers all around it and that kind of thing. So yeah, it was good. It was good just to have a project and stay focused, just to keep your spirits up and be focused on a on a on a happy goal. So I think that that's something that helps us all the way along with what we're doing right now. So Absolutely. yes, we, we got her done. And then until it actually, the end of the ceremony, I was just, I was kind of, I had a suspension of belief. It's like, oh, we're doing all this, but is it really gonna happen? And then boom, it, it just felt like, okay, it happened. You know, the bird dropped, you know, just like into the font, you know, the, the holiness was here. <laughs> so yeah. it was Take good, it was good. Yep, yep. It's but, so uh, beautiful. Yeah. So was, you are Hawaiian? Wait a minute. I had a, a bunch of other things, but now we got to get into that. So <laughs> you are Hawaiian. So yes. My my dad was uh, um, uh, from the East Coast and he was in the Navy and went over to the islands and met my mom. So and her, our family had been there for generations. My great grandfather was from, um, on my maternal side, was from Guangdong, um, China. So, you know, he was full Chinese and, and then you know, we mixed and mingled on the islands. And so 
I have a lot of those sensibilities. I grew up eating rice rather than potatoes and <laughs> Love it. fresh vegetables and all of that stuff. So, you know, I don't like mayonnaise. Many people like mayonnaise. I don't like mayonnaise. Do, do you like spam? No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they make spam I, I, I in do. Hawaii. You know that. They do. And it's, and it's, it's because it's just, it's an inexpensive meat. Everything on the islands has to be brought, most everything, unless you, they grow it there, has to be brought over, like shipped over to the islands. So much of the food is expensive. Um, so yeah. again, it's like if it's not produced there. So it's a, it's a higher um, cost of living out there, but it is wonderful and, and people do manage it. So, but um, yeah, all my relatives have moved to the mainland by now. So my grandparents and the older ones have passed away or moved. So yeah, all there's left is the gravestones over there. So wow. So were you born in Hawaii? Mm -hmm. Yep. I was born in uh, I was born in Honolulu. So that's where my parents met. And you know, my father got out of the Navy at that time. And so yeah, I was born there. I just got my certificate, my birth certificates too, my copies. I wrote them because I was trying to get. I don't know, name changes, stuff like that. So uh, yeah, so I have my certificate of live birth from Hawaii. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing. That's just amazing. I love Hawaii. I've been there um, island hopping and things. It's just one of the most amazing places on our earth. So yes, and it's just so, um, there's so much spirit there. There really is. You step off the plane and you can just and you can just feel the change in the air. It's amazing. It's an amazing place. You know, yeah, I, I remember sitting. Mm -hmm. Go it's ahead. Just the most special place in the United States, as far as states. Mm -hmm. I think. Yep. I, I used to sit on this shore and just and just like commune with my mother. So I, I, when I was a child, I pictured the ocean as my mother. So that was kind of an interesting little thing. But um, yeah, I never felt lonely there because I was. You're surrounded by water. I I really need to be within um, driving distance of water. Otherwise, I feel a little landlocked. Any water. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. So that'd be you know. So growing. Yeah, going over there, I feel a little, um, a little you know surrounded by water because I'm so used to living on the mainland now. But yeah, it's very. It was a very different so we ordered flower like traditional Hawaiian flowers and that kind of thing and so yeah yeah that's like I have a flower crown on Charlie surprised me with that because I was just deciding whether to make one or you know and he just bought it for me <laughs> so I wore it there it is yeah the perfect husband yeah he's pretty he's pretty good he's pretty good I he cooks and I clean up. That's uh, that's you know, fantastic. I know it's crazy. It's crazy good. So <laughs> I never thought I'd have so much fun being married because it's you know seems prosaic in a lot of ways. But um, yeah, it's pretty groovy. It turned out to be pretty groovy. I'm just totally happy for you. No, thank you. Yep. So yeah, there's so much Funny. though with you. I mean. I've got to hear all about, I did not realize until just recently that you had worked as a professional makeup artist and you've been on film mm -hmm. sets and all kinds of things. So tell us, how did you even get into that? <laughs> well, I, st I started off doing a little, little bit of modeling um, early in life and, um, and I found it boring. Uh, I ended up, you know, behind the scenes, like starting to do makeup on the, ch on the children who were part of the show or, and the men. And so I got pretty good at that. And then went to um, theatrical makeup school and learned theater arts and then also how to translate that into beauty. So um, yeah, so I kind of went, went kind of a different way in there. So the theater was always the fascinating thing for me, like history and history, you know, history of how we put ourselves together. Um, you know, I have several books, many by Richard Corson, who's a very famous um, makeup you know, professional theatrical makeup artist. And he's written, you know, like, here's all the fashions of a particular period. And here's how they did their makeup and hair for it. It's fascinating. There's a hairdresser now who um, did a series of photographs, which were um, taken from the ancient statues, hairstyles, and then, you know, put, took pictures of them of what they would look like in real life. It's something like, you know, when they take recipes of like ancient beer 
from the from the Egyptians and and make it new. It's something like that. So it's kind of like bringing the past forward when you do things like that. That's why you know period histories or you know shows that have you know historical fiction that kind of thing. Fascinating, fascinating. It's like you know, are they inspired by it or are they doing doing the real thing or are they doing a little combination of both? I think that most of it's a combination of both, but you know, seeing where things come from is fascinating. That's very fascinating. So you worked on some different kinds of movie sets. <laughs> you want me to say the you want me to say the words that I made monsters. Right? Yes. Yes. I made monsters. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is so cool. Yeah, so which so, movie? Um, nothing that, that you would know of, like mostly B movie slasher sort of things, but um it's uh I remember my my first real serious gig was getting somebody um prepped to to look like they had a being were being pierced by antlers. <laughs> so oh. it's it's like setting setting that up so when she was lifted onto that, how she'd look she'd look like the blood would come. <laughs> So every time I watch a horror film, I, I go technical. I know I know what's happening in the in the in the FX world. And so the um, work that I did later on when I was running that um, a showroom in San Francisco for a professional makeup company, it's um, I taught people FX, you know, on the fly. They'd want to do something. They'd come in and say, I took this gig. I don't know how to do this thing. Um, tell me what I need to buy and how to do this thing. So I would do that. <laughs> I know you didn't know this about me either, and I guess a lot of people don't, but um, the last several years I've been working on movie sets, um, just mainly because I work out of the house and I like to get out of the house. And so I just go sit out on the set, you know, and you get fed and you meet some new friends and stuff. So I was a zombie elf in a bee Christmas movie. That was so cool. <laughs> I, mean, That's I just fun. always wanted to be a zombie. And you're the person who knows how to put people into that state. Oh, yeah. I. <laughs> Well, my most recent creative gig with that is that they had the um, zombie, um, the zombie crawl here, the zombie pub crawl in the Twin Cities. And so when I moved here, I looked at it. I said, "Huh, I wonder if they have a makeup concession." And so for you know the last four years, up until obviously 2020, um, I ran their makeup concession. I established their makeup concession, hired artists, and you know put it up um put pictures up and everything else and so <laughs> oh i had a zombie the anti-salon the zombie makeup concession yes <laughs> i love it i just absolutely it love so it. much I fun you know Ridic i don't know if fun. think that's spiritual but i just think it's fun to have fun you know what i mean oh yeah you have to you have to keep yourself fresh and inspired and and if you feel like you want to do some creativity explore how opportunities i I looked and I said, oh, there's this festival. So I contacted the um, the guys and said, hey, I, I was running a professional um, makeup thing and, you know, taught people and all this. I said, and I, they used to hire individual people as, you know, concessions. So this gave an opportunity to have like a, a bit, an actual business on site every year. So it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> and we do the celebrities too. So our people are having a zombie wedding, that kind of thing. So um, that I do most of the stars because, you know, I was already paid. So I was, you know, I would do that for free, you know, unless there was going to be a payment from the company themselves to take care of the artist. So, yeah. <laughs> I think it's so cool. We have a mm -hmm. film company in Dallas called Cinestate, and I hooked up with them a few years ago. Well, I mean, I've been on Marvel, like um, The mm -hmm. Gifted, and I was, I played Mary Mormon in 11-22-63. And I, I can see that. <laughs> you can see me on the film, but I'm, she's the one that took the picture of Kennedy right after his assassination. So you can mm -hmm. see that I've got a wig on. And so I got to be in the trailer with James Franco and stuff, but I'm usually on the other yeah. end just observing. I like to watch people and I think there's a mm -hmm. great opportunity to do that there. And so I met through all these places. I met a group that makes films in Dallas and they did a reboot of, um, I hate to say it, but it's one of the silliest movies ever yeah. made. It was the <laughs> Puppet Master. Oh, so fascinating. We filmed, yeah, yeah, we filmed down in the old, this old ambassador hotel, which weirdly has since burned to the ground, but um, mm. Lennon was the star. And so his son was my child and we were running out of the hotel. And then unfortunately, none of that got shown, as you know, 
but you can just see my dead body and I'm covered in blood. And I thought this is, I was just laughing and it's just so much fun. Yeah, it really is to do something completely different, actually to kind of like feel like you're inserting yourself into a book, a story. Yes. Yes. And then, and then you're inside the story. So that's, it's amazing. It's amazing to do stuff like that for sure. <laughs> and there's a lot of this now, you know, on YouTube in terms of makeup mm -hmm. and things, I think. Oh yeah. People have mm -hmm. to learn. Unfortunately, I have to watch a few tutorials to even try to get this YouTube thing going you know yeah yeah whole, whole ball of wax there because everybody's now finding themselves on camera even when they never expected that that would ever happen to mm -hmm. them in their whole life you know well you're doing a good job so <laughs> i try uh i don't know yeah so and then recently i know tell us about okay so this is the thing mm -hmm. you know i mean that's the thing you can have fun on a horror movie set you can dress up and go on a renaissance fair and just do all these fun things and you can still be spiritual and yes. so tell us about your journey into medical reiki and how you got involved with that i think it, it's um the thing that attracted me to studying um philosophies you know spiritual philosophies if you will was um history like being in school and learning about history and it felt like there was so much more history out there because we just learned, you know, who, sh you know, the wars and stuff like that. Some, you know, some religious stuff, but it, it's, you know, the thing that was really something I, I attended parochial school and, and uh, you know, the traditional Lutheran church really didn't work for me. I just, you know, I just didn't feel the same connection. I could look at other people and they could, they were clearly inspired and, and involved in the, in the practice um and i think my belief in a spiritual being was not like a um you know a big bearded old man but was rather something i think of as the as you know it's it it feels like the source to me but it's more the universe just kind of like what i joke with my friends about like big shiny ball you know where we came from and where we'll go back to but it's like, it's like a glowing light, I think in each one of us. And so I wanted to find out more about that glowing light. <laughs> so um, I went in and um, I did some um, volunteer work, literary volunteer work with a friend of mine who worked in book publishing and then just ended up um, moving my career over there because I had parallel careers for a while so as a professional artist in LA and San Francisco. And then, and then in San Francisco, going into you know working with the um, the out of San Francisco Book Festival out there. So I got um, mm. Governor Brown to speak there, and you know a couple of other people. And so um, it was just really groovy. But it's I don't have the same kind of education that many people who've you know gone to college for years and double majors and that kind of stuff. I just dug into the books. I was that person. When I was young, I would just stand in the uh, aisles. In the adult sections of the library and just read um, spiritual books and you know books on um, magic and meditation all these things the things that were available at the time there's so much more available now than when we were young but at least it gives you a you know kind of like okay well this this feels good and interesting and you know the things that you're drawn to and some say um you know resonate for you um are really the things that that you know you should be learning it's almost like a little tap on the shoulder it says hey this this thing this thing you know so you know studying um hindu philosophy and that kind of thing and so there's uh, a few goddesses back there <laughs> but um it's it's all of it and so i came to find out that it's not just um there's not just one you know valid form of of spirituality there are many and many of them are inspired by a few different things it's not like a cultural appropriation thing but it's something that's within you that you're inspired by so right. it's, um Do you think yeah that comes from past lives um in some ways i think it may i think it may and it, it's you know and also hearkening back to that you know i have you know on on couple different sides it's like I'm about 50% um, Western European so you know the Irish off the boat and then you know the folks that came over 
you know, and basically worked on the railroads and such, <laughs> coolie right. labor, you know, that kind of stuff. So I'm in the process of finding out more about family, but it really feels like, you know, and looking at your family, and I think everybody should do that DNA test thing because yeah. it's looking and looking at it, there were things in there. There's like a little, like 2% Senegal. I'm like, Senegal. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So there's like this whole thing. And my husband's thing is mostly, you know, Polish and, and uh, you know, European stock. And it's like, I've got this whole section of like one and 2% of all these different things. So it's like, you know, I think our souls pass through many countries as well as our bodies. And so, you know, I, I do believe in astral travel because, you know, you, when you come back to your body in the morning, it's like, it's like you have new information and you may have gotten it from a connection you had. I had a recurring dream as a child where um, I would meet in this room with another person about the same age, a boy. And we would meet probably, I think about once a year or something. And then when I was around 13, I think it was something like that. He, I didn't, he didn't come anymore. So maybe he had passed or something else had done, but we would, I would be standing off to the side, observing myself talking to this person, just sitting at a table across from one another. And I didn't hear anything, <laughs> that kind of thing. So I thought, well, maybe there's a psychic twin of some kind because our family has a lot of twins in it. So who, who knows? So yeah, but there's many mysteries out there. It's just, and uh, instead of letting it intimidate us, you know, let it inspire us. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because it, this is what makes life interesting. Yes. You know, really this does. ancestor book that I have coming out in March that you are mm -hmm. wonderfully helping me to promote. Thank you so much, Kat. Um, you know, yes. one of the things that freaked me out when I was putting that together was this, that the clinically the scientists are now saying that at least 20%, up to 50% of your personality is actually getting carried straight through from the ancestors, exactly what you were talking about. Mm -hmm. And that's and, uh, startling, you know? Yeah, well, they were talking about that um, in the, the Black experience where um, the trauma of slavery, you know, it was shown came through the bloodline and into modern days. Yes. you know so people were still carrying that and i and i believe that they still do you know right. that that's why there's this this attraction to it too and i think part of the reason they carry it is they carry it until they can heal it you know and i think that that's that's what your book is looking at is like you know how do we heal these things within our past and you give them tools for that in this book which is fast which is really fascinating i think it's needed it's necessary you know, for people to be able to like go into themselves, find out where the, what the genesis of those fears are, phobias, all of that stuff that that makes us up as a complicated being in this body. Um, you know, ways to help and heal ourselves. You're you're exactly right, and I mm -hmm. in terms of that issue, and in the book I cite a Holocaust study um, where they had interviewed Holocaust. Uh, descendants who were clinically carrying that stress through into their modern lives. So it is something that I think people need to look into. It just makes me feel like, okay, it is fascinating because it keeps us interested. Mm -hmm. But if we're going to look into our own past lives, now we need to heal our ancestors. I mean, mm -hmm. we got a lot of work to do. You know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, we got to get busy here. Yeah, I, I think true. that's why some of these things emerge collectively like they are right now, because this book was written before the current time and the issues that are coming up right now. But that's exactly right what you're saying. I mean, this is why these things are being presented so that we can all work as a collective and start mm -hmm. healing as a human family. Yes, that's exactly it. And one of the things I talk about in um, working with authors, too, I was talking with an author the other day who didn't really feel comfortable with social media and um and part of the yeah <laughs> we'll talk about that later <laughs> I don't know. but anyway well, god it, bless it yeah well you know 20 year olds because they're born with a mouse in their hands and and that's what they do but i mean really um social media gives is social it's not actually you know media it's just what they call it it's like it's like the that medium that you create with like paintbrushes and you know paint and that kind of thing those types of mediums 
<laughs> so I would say it's, it's social medium rather than social media, but um, it really is a way to connect with people who, who would be um, benefited by, your, by what you're exploring and what you're explaining. Um, it's a way for people to connect with, with, with folks who have similar um, beliefs. It's like finding your tribe in a way. Um, so it's just, it's, you know, my, my privilege to help people <laughs> be able to navigate that stuff and everybody's different. So we have to play to our strengths. And so what do, you know, it's like, how can we do this? Some people just, you know, sit down and there's, there's tools that you can just like put social media posts up and, and have them release on, on key dates and that kind of thing. So let's like, dig in, find out, you know, where the, where the stop is and, um, and make it fun and interesting. That's, that's our challenge is to have our work be fun and interesting every day. So, um, social media can be fun. <laughs> okay. If you say so. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I come into it. it very reluctantly. I had, um, I had a huge Facebook page years ago and I, I had one point I just took it down and then mm -hmm. I put it back up. So yeah, um, I guess I, can... I guess I thought, you know, this isn't real, but then again, now this is where everybody's at. So mm -hmm. I've kind of come at, back to it now with a different attitude because I guess I'm from a ge different generation. And I do find though, yeah. that, especially when we're in the situation we're in now, yeah. I'm going to be very thankful for social media and definitely for Zoom. I'm going to put them at the top of my list of life-saving mm -hmm. things that we're having right now during these times. But you're right, because you do end up attracting and getting to speak to people who do think like you and you make new friends that way. And that's just how yeah. it's being done. And, you know, this is the future. Yeah. And inspire others. I mean, really, it's like I, you know, talk to a lot of people who say, oh, I saw so-and-so here, like, Instagram or you know Twitter I mean Twitter has gotten gotten a um, you know a, a bad rep because of <laughs> because of certain individuals who you know kind of used it as a as a pulpit a bully pulpit and we'll just leave it there um, <laughs> but uh, it really is, a, is an opportunity and it's also each of us like is more comfortable with particular formats like if Facebook is something that works, works for you and you're comfortable with it that's great you can also pause your account for a little while or again it's like you know put your posts together that you want to, to put up on certain days some days we're really inspired and we and we have a bunch of things that we want to say and there's some days where it's like I got nothing you know and it's just being kind to ourselves and and knowing what it is that we're really able to do instead of adding unnecessary pressure yeah I agree with that I think that's the thing as long as I mean, if I come out there, it's usually because I actually have something to say. Otherwise, you know, yeah. like you say, you just don't always have something to say. So, mm -hmm. maybe yeah, that's what it is. yeah. So, how I mean, it's long good have you to been do with Llewellyn? That's what I want to. Um, I have been all I, with them. I I um I started in 2012. Um, I contracted. I was living in San Francisco at the time, and so I worked remotely for them for, gosh, about a year and a half or something, and then. The publisher bill came to me and says well we love your work uh you want to move to minnesota <laughs> you're probably and like actually, what <laughs> actually that was i thought about it for a while and um i was you know san francisco at the time was just like at the height of how expensive it would be i was just bleeding money it just money was just flowing out and a certain amount flowing in and it was just it, it was hard and I was single too. And I thought, well, you know, let me, I go out to Minnesota every three months and stay for a week and go to meetings and such. Um, it's gorgeous here. It's, um, it it's got a beautiful quality of life. Nice folks. People are dog lovers here. I'm a dog nut. And um, <laughs> it's just like, and it's, and it's a great way to connect with friends. And so, and I met my husband, Charlie here. He, he had, he had come out here for a job too. So, there it is. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's like, so, okay. Yeah. But for the first year I said, I'm just going to, um, I'm just going to just see, I'm going to see if I can get through like a whole winter and what it's <laughs> like to be here year round. <laughs> just kind of just saying, okay. Um, you know, but, but it worked out It worked out. And, and I have to say, I, 
love working from home. <laughs> I always have. I always yes. have. So it's just, you know, it's kind of nice to just spread out, have your stuff around you and, you know, crazy books and all that stuff. But I think working from home is here to stay, don't you? Except that our office is probably about 10 minutes from here. Oh, and so okay, there's something, no. there's a couple of things that I need to do over there, but mostly we're moving. I don't think that we're going to be, you know, inside buildings and such. I think until, until 2022, as far as I'm aware. So, but we do have a, a big building and I don't, I don't think the Weshke family would want to <laughs> waste well, that man. opportunity, but um yeah, I moved here. So, I, you know, we got a townhouse out here so we could be closer to my work. And Charlie work, has always worked at home. So, oh, that's so yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. And you've got lakes beautiful. and water up there for your water self, right? Yeah, we do. We do actually. And then um, probably about 10 minutes from here, there's farms and farmland. And, you know, so we're on the edge of it, edge of Woodbury, which is actually Greater St. Paul. Yeah. So, yeah. I've been there. So we're like, it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. No, we'll take you on a tour. We got a guest room and everything. So you don't have to <laughs> go to a hotel if you don't want girl. to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And cook and yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, it's really nice. It's like a little, it's got its own bathroom and everything else. It's like your retreat. If you want it, if you say, hey, Kat, I just need to get the heck away from everything. I'm like, your room is here. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds wonderful. Yeah. I think yeah, everyone's I just getting right there. We got to get out of here, but I think we will eventually. So yeah, we'll yeah, we will. What we've got so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's time to dig into your social media and get social. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Get yeah. social in the ways that we can get social. So, mm -hmm. so what's right. on the horizon that's, that's coming out from Llewellyn that you're excited about right now? Well, your book, of course. You know, oh, without, you. With, without a doubt, because it's weirdly timely, as we talked about just now. Um, but, but there are some other ones, too, that are coming out. And um, and Anusha, who I think that you're going to um, interview on your show, her, her book, Meditation with Intention, her being someone who is a woman of color who was raised in a, a traditional Hindu philosophy, um, it's very modern, as you know, you've, you've yes. um, spoken with her. Yeah, it's just, yeah. she has an incredible talent for taking those ancient teachings and really bringing it to an accessible place for us with the added plus of like learning how to focus your intention for yourself. And that works beautifully, you know, not only in meditation, but it helps you to focus your thoughts on what you want to do with your goals and how you want your life to develop and how you want to improve things it just has you know more stuff than you could ever imagine in there so and she's just a force of nature too so yeah. <laughs> definitely yeah and uh, yeah yeah I'm I'm really excited about Ken Doka's book too you I talked with him as well he's great isn't he oh he's wonderful like, yeah and just like very um it's hard to describe, but he's got a great deal of vitality, if that makes sense. It's just like in talking with him, he's retired and he's, but he's still doing all of these things. He's conferencing with people, he's participating in conferences. But his book, When We Die, you know, yes. the extraordinary experience you have at life, life's end, is really an inspiring thing for folks because there are people out there who think that we just hit a wall and, and the screen goes blank and then that's it. But that's not the case there's several different experiences for us out there the thing that dr ken brings to though is that you know he is like a treasure trove of expertise in the death oh. and bereavement field and then he comes at it with such compassion and like such grace mm -hmm. and wisdom i mean i loved his book he was on the mm -hmm. show friends you need to go back and watch it if you haven't and he is you're right he's he's a force and it's so timely as well because even mm -hmm. in the current environment, a lot of people are faced with, you know, the death of loved ones and all kinds of things right now that I feel it's also very, very timely. Yeah, I think that people are experiencing grief also through yes. things that they they used to do on the regular and that they they don't do now. And I think that there's a lot of despair around that. And, you know, finding books like this that talks about life's end, but it's also like, you know, the end of um, things as they were, you know, it's like, we can miss some right. things as they were, but we also have to, 
look forward to our new normals. And so it's like, let's, let's go into this dark place, but let's get out the other side too. And these cool things can happen, you know, for us and with, within us, you know, to help, to help us move into transition. We're never given anything more than we can handle, you know, but sometimes we need to ask for help to handle it. And so that's the, the challenge for a lot of people. And I think that, um, you know, reading books that can bring you that, that inspiration that, you know, to say, okay, I can do this one more day, one more day, you know, just for today. <laughs> so, and that's really that. something that can sustain us. Yeah. Yep. Because I mean, yeah, you do at this level that we're all at collectively, there's never been a time mm -hmm. when we're just asked to take this moment for whatever mm -hmm. it is, and then just go on to the next moment. And so I think in a way, you know, I, I've told some people this before, I really believe that maybe a couple years after all this gets resolved, we're going to look back at this time in our lives and we're going to think that this is actually some of the most transformational and important experiences that we're actually having right now. But when we're in the middle mm -hmm. of it still, it's just very, very difficult for people. Uh, and the other thing I think about, you know, is like younger people when I was in my twenties, like if I didn't have as much life experience, I know I can hit rock bottom and I can make it. But if I think if you mm -hmm. don't have that experience of knowing you're going to bounce back, I, I really, um, I just really feel for people who are younger in a way. Yeah. Well, that's where the rebellion comes from of, of people having, having parties and, and such and saying, well, we don't want to acknowledge this. Well, it's right. still going to be there. Even if we want to turn a blind eye, right? We want to do that, but we have to be able to master it. And that's, that's what I think the problem, you know, is with, with folks who just, you know, have those parties anyway. It's like, right. just realize that all of the, the um, challenges are, are short term. Okay. So that they can, you know, just like restrain themselves, do the social distancing, wash your hands, put a mask on. It will, will come out the other side. Well, our, we're all going to come out the other side and, yes, you know, are. it'll be a new normal, you know, it'll be. I, I dare say it's like, it's like, we're going to be in some ways better. I mean, I talk more to my, my neighbors than I did when I was, <laughs> you know, cause we're right here. We're right here. We, we meet at the dog park and, you know, stand distanced and watch our dogs play and that kind of thing. So it's just, you know, being more connected with your actual community. And that's where, you know, social media is. I, I admit I, I'm a lurker, you know, I'll, I'll go and I'll, see folks and wish them a happy birthday, which you can do. Um, and just like be part of that community and just re um, just re realize how wonderful the people are who are around you. You're like, yeah, these are some really yeah. seriously smart, accomplished and, and amazing people. And so you rediscover that, you know, and you rediscover stuff about yourself. Like my husband's laughing at me because I'm getting back into crochet and I'm like, Shut up. That's <laughs> <laughs> well, meditative and it's relaxing. It really and you is. You can make it's little like baby Koa, your dog, a new outfit. I mean, you right. know, it's productive. Eventually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, maybe in a few years. Yeah. I don't know. Exactly. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just going to try to learn the half double crochet stitch right now. So learn a stitch at a time and that kind of thing. And also, music, taking online music classes has been really helpful. I have a, I don't have a cop. I don't have an, a dulcimer in here, but I uh, play mountain dulcimer, which is um, Appalachian American music. It'll be mostly that is mostly folk music, old blues or medieval music. And so it's kind of a, a strum pluck, strum pluck for medieval music. And so, you know, I've bought a ton of books again. I'm actually reading physical books, you know, just like in my hand instead of electronic documents, because I yeah. read you know, um, you know, the books that I get for us ahead of time, you know, I put them on my Kindle and then I can read that. I can spend that time wherever I am reading those books. So it's a time saver, but now I'm starting to really, um, look back into, you know, buying books. Mountain Dulcimer actually has a whole Polynesian group too, group of songs. It's, yes. Polynesian, like Polynesian stuff. So I've bought books on Polynesian music for the Dulcimer. Who knew? <laughs> oh, there it is. I went to Appalachian yeah. State in Boone, North Carolina, really? in the Appalachians. Uh -huh. Yeah. And my dad's an artist. He actually built a dulcimer 
when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. So when yeah. you talked about that in the Appalachia, that's a very interesting culture up there. Yeah, it so is. You're really I'd love to go one day. That. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of Scottish people there, like mm -hmm. they have Highland Games there. And it's just a very, very interesting and eclectic thing. Maybe it's from your past lives, Kat. Maybe, maybe, because I, I feel like, you know, that connection. And I think that, you know, things we feel drawn towards is like, it's a little bit of a familiarity, I think. Like, oh, I know that. I, I, I recognize that. It's almost like a recognition, really. Absolutely. You know, when you find things that were, in your past i've never i've never had a regression um session ever <laughs> we will change uh -huh. that we will definitely have to change that one yeah yeah um, there's, there's bound to be a music, lot of stuff in there music is so healing too don't you think mm -hmm. just playing it listening to it yeah all of it because i think um not only does it bring you beauty um and inspiration but also comfort you know like when you would have um, you know, your mother would sing a lullaby or that kind of thing. So you're kind of like soothing yourself at the same time, as well as getting, if you do practice enough and do it right, you have a sense of accomplishment. You're like, I'm accomplishing something. I'm moving towards that, that goal of being a better player. So, I so I have online classes. Not many people teach mountain dulcimer. So if I get good enough, I can probably teach beginners out here and then wow. turn them onto it. Yeah. Cause it's, it's very, you know, my teacher had teachers and, you know, so, you know, at the, at the, you know, beginner level that I was, I could have somebody who was being taught also. So it's kind of like, you know, you know made the circle, <laughs> you know, not be broken, you know, that kind of thing. So it's still like that. And that's one song um, I really want to learn because everybody knows that it's like a standard. And so if you go into a group of, of strangers, perhaps and that play music it's like you could start singing that song and then everybody knows it so those are those are kind of the fun songs to learn yeah it's just like, to bring community together mm -hmm. like that absolutely yeah man yeah this has been absolutely <laughs> illuminating to finally get to meet you in a you know you and i've talked on the phone several times mm -hmm. but it's been amazing. When you look into your crystal ball, Kat, as we move through 2021, so do you really feel like it's going to be more 2022 before we're getting back to the external world again? Or what do you think? I think so, because I think um, most of the conferences and events that I've seen that have been booked over the next year are, um, <clears throat> are being, you know, moved online again um, yeah. or, or canceled. <clears throat> so that's kind of how really, I felt. I know nobody wants to hear that, right? But yeah, well, let's acknowledge the truth and then say, okay, well, what can, what, yeah. yeah. I, you know, it's part like of the hypnotic journey is to take the client out into the future. And a lot of the future mm -hmm. aspect of the journeys that I've been taking clients on lately, they are, they're all in 2022 or later. Mm -hmm. And it used to be all about, mm -hmm. oh, my career is wonderful or whatever, but all of them are going into future memories where they're just hanging out eating some food with their family and stuff. So I think this whole thing has, like you said earlier, it's a very important time because it's bringing us appreciation of what we do have and what is yes. actually important in our lives, which are family, friends, connection. And so the, it's more mm -hmm. simple than it was before, I think. Yeah, I think we're, go we're going to move forward, you know, keeping the good things and also, um, you know, we're going to discover more good things about ourselves and in each other. So um, I think it's a, it's a great time for us to just dig in and do that. It's like, it's going to take some time for everybody to be vaccinated. You know, if everybody's going to be vaccinated, that's a different issue. Um, so, you know, let's, let's use this time to, to work on things that can help heal our world right. <clears throat> and get to know each other better. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Kat, your joy. I want to thank you again for everything you've done to help me. I cannot say enough. It, I used to always have to do all this stuff by myself and it's just so wonderful to have you and everybody at Llewellyn has been amazing. It's like a dream come true. I love Llewellyn. I think you guys are amazing. Yeah. So and we wish, love you. Oh, thank <laughs> you. I want to wish y'all a blessed new year. You and Charlie, happy new year. I know it's going to be great. And I will definitely look forward to seeing you in the outer world whenever we can. Yes, as soon as we can. <laughs> yes. All right, friends, we've wrapped up another episode. So stay tuned next time and take care of yourself.
Namaste. We'll be right back. Hey friends, it's Dr. Shelley. If you are experiencing anxiety, depression, or trauma, check out my book, Meet Your Karma, The Healing Power of Past Life Memories. This is a book filled with amazing case histories of clients who have successfully healed their anxiety and trauma, and it has a lot of guided journeys in it designed to help you get through these challenging times. Click on my website at pastlifelady.com, follow the book links, and check out Meet Your Karma, The Healing Power of Past Life Memories today. Welcome back to Healing Arts. I'm your host, Dr. Shelley Kerr. You can visit me online at www.pastlifelady.com. We did it. We've gone through season four of the Healing Arts podcast. And so coming up, we're going to start season five. When I set this podcast up um, in 2020, I decided I wanted it to be kind of like a TV show with about 10 episodes per season and a bonus. So you've been listening to my bonus episode today and then starting off in season five, we're going to continue our journey with Llewellyn authors and other amazing people. And if you're listening to this, I do always say extra things in the audio version that are obviously not on YouTube because I'm talking to you, my listeners. But if you want to see what we look like and get a good look at this and all the friends that I've been making this year, um, go on over to my YouTube channel. All you have to do is just type Past Life Lady up in the search engine and it will bring you into my YouTube channel where you can watch the interviews. And so there'll be lots more coming up. And if you ever do want to leave me a message, I do have the messages activated. You can actually leave me a voicemail. It would be amazing if I could get enough voicemails to actually make an episode out of that. So if you want to ask me a question or anything like that, feel free. And meanwhile, just know that I'm going to be out here finding more interesting people for us to talk to as we continue our journey together. So have a blessed week. Take care of yourself. Namaste. Hey, my friend, have you known your pet in a past life? Well, believe it or not, a lot of people have. You can check out case histories and find out more about your connections to your little fuzzballs in my book, Past Lives with Pets. Check it out and find out today.